This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mason in Ireland, Michael Thompson, Andy Kamenetsky hanging out with us. And uh, if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you should. I read it every single day. It's really good. And uh, today, they dropped a story that is as good of a deep dive on the Rams as I've read ever. Um, It's written by Jordan Rodrigue. She goes deep into what happened to Sean McVay and the Rams last year. In case you don't know, the Rams had the worst record of a a defending Super Bowl champion Mm -hmm. of any team in NFL history. They went from winning the Super Bowl to 5-12. The team basically cratered, and joining us right now is Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. Um, Jordan, first of all, congratulations. This story is great. Um, let me start with this. Did you believe, because you were around him covering the team, did you believe that McVeigh was ever close to retiring? Did it ever get that bad, in your opinion? Yes, but not at the time. Thank you for having me, by the way. You guys are awesome. Love the show. I, not at the same time that everybody thought that it was happening, right? Like when the stories came out um, about him considering his future, he had already left rock bottom. So at that time, no, I did not think he was going to retire. Um, And in my reporting on the topic, I, I said, there are actually people in the building who don't think he will go, um, which was, which, which is true. And at the time, though, of his crater, the bottom of his crater, um, which was around the New Orleans and the Kansas City games, weeks 11 and 12, that's when I thought maybe he was going to step away. And that's when you're a reporter, but then you start genuinely being concerned about a human's well-being, and that's where Sean was at. Right. What do you think, Jordan? Hey, how you doing, by the way? <laughs> Jordan? What is this, a greeting card Hello. or what? Like, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan question. and I go way back. I, <laughs> I was on, I bought Jordan Rodriguez stock before a lot of y'all did. That a so, boy. Good for you. Before saying, I even had a couch. Before ex- I even had a couch. That's true. <laughs> Jordan did not even have a couch, and Brian and I were bringing on our show. But anyway. Should have let him move in with you. didn't buy me a couch. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> what, what do you ultimately think with Sean McVay, A, turn this around where he could feel recommitted to the team, but also what do you think will prevent him from going through these type of feelings again, assuming you think he can prevent it? Yes, I I do believe him when, you know, we've talked about the work that he's doing and the action he's taking to make sure he's a more whole person and a fuller person when he has maybe has something like this happen again, um, if it does happen. You know, I don't, what I think has been, was really the turnaround for him and something he's been holding on to is there there was no winning. There was no winning and there was no way to disappear into football. This is a human being who is in the, you know, 99th percentile, 99.9th percentile of meticulous um, needs control and does all of these things, puts all of those traits together in an elite way that is, you know, one of the winningest coaches in football today and one of the brightest coaches in football today. But when you can disappear into football because you're winning and it feels good, and you're problem solving and it feels good and you have all the resources you want to go do the things you want and it feels good 
And then all of a sudden, all of that stops and you can't escape into football anymore and you can't escape into problem solving anymore because you can't quite literally fix the knees of your offensive linemen in real time, then you, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you, you've got nowhere else to hide. It's just you, yourself, and all of the holes that he realized he hadn't filled or lost. And so I think that was a deeper and more jarring realization than he's ever had because even when they were bad in uh, 2019 and even after he lost the Super Bowl this was like okay well I know exactly how we have we can get back there I know exactly the steps to take to get back there and we're going to do this and then he went and did it but as he's coming down from that ultimate high he's realizing he didn't really fix any of his his, of his problems and then when he couldn't escape in into football anymore um, that's when you're really faced with that recognition staring right back at you. You can't run from it. And I think that's why he will be different moving forward. Uh, we're talking to Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. If you haven't read it yet, you should track it down, a deep dive on what happened to the Rams this year and how they became the worst team the year after winning a Super Bowl that the league has ever seen. They went from winning the Super Bowl to 5-12. and 12. And one of the things you talk about, Jordan, in the story is that the run game was non-existent. A lot of it can be attributed to the fact that they had massive injuries to the offensive line. But now that we've had some time to process it, what the heck happened with Cam Akers? In the beginning of the season, Jordan, it looked like he was going to be the guy. Then they were trying to trade him, and he went AWOL, and we thought, okay, they're done with him. And then at the end of the year, he looked like the guy again. What happened, and where does he stand moving forward with McVeigh? Yeah, as Andy knows, um, I believe in Cam Akers, and I do think that he's somebody who they want to build off of this. Losing Thomas Brown hurts, obviously, but they want to build off of this um, into making him the player he knows he is and the player he was at the end of the, at the end of the year. Um, you know, it's a pretty complicated and long story of, of what really happened, but it, it kind of boils down to, there was no huge defining moment. You know, it, it's not something that, um, you know, that you necessarily can say, Oh, he, you know, there was a, a catalyst point for any of this. It was, you know, he rushed into hiring a new coach who was very young. He wanted a young coach to develop, but then it turned out that the run game's problems were going to be way more complicated than any of them realized. Cam Akers was frustrated about the lack of clarity in his role and the lack of, um, you know, understanding of the vision. The injuries didn't help for everybody. And then, you know, when Rashad left to take a job at Arizona State midseason, they moved Thomas Brown back over, and Cam is really comfortable with Thomas Brown. And Thomas Brown has a a really um, a way of teaching and coaching that is became very clear and made things very clear for everybody and was stabilizing. And, and then you saw the effects on the field. So I think, you know, Sean learned a lot about the way that he communicates and reaches his players because there was a point where it didn't seem like he was trying or able to reach Cam and Cam was being very outspoken about how he felt about everything. So I think that um, now, I think from this, Sean has learned that, this is going to be um, this is going to be something that I think they try to build on moving forward because we saw the you, you know you saw the talent that he's capable of, um, but but can you move that forward? That's going to be uh, a real um, embodiment of of what this group has learned from all of the disaster last year is whether they can do that. Uh, Jordan, seeing right now a tweet from Adam Schefter, Rams and nine-time All-Pro linebacker Bobby Wagner mutually agreed Thursday to part ways. Sources tell ESPN. Rams need more cap space. Wagner wants to win. He will now be a notable part of this year's free agent class. A, what effect do you think that'll have on the defense? But also, too, that line 
Rams need more cap space. Wagner wants to win. Does that signal something to you, do you think, in terms of what the Rams think is coming this season? Yeah, so this doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, I, I suspected that something like this was coming because Bobby didn't sign up for this. He didn't sign up for what happened to the team last year, um, but he still stayed the course and was a leader throughout the entire base when he was expecting to go chase a ring. And instead he became and he had to be sort of the, the backbone of the group um, in ways that maybe you don't want to be when you're that. You're, you want to be that always for people, but you don't want to be the only raft in the storm here. Um, when, when so much is happening. And so, you know, I, I do think that Bobby would want to go to a contender. I do think that he's at the point where he knows the level he can play at. And if he doesn't feel the Rams are, are in immediate contention, um, that's something that he definitely, you know, has the autonomy and the, and the authority to do. So it does not surprise me to, to see this. And I think in terms of the overall state of the team, I mean, there's tough decisions coming. No player on the roster feels like their spot is guaranteed at this point. And I, I do know that for a fact. And the Rams are going to be making some really tough decisions moving forward. And I think that this is a first step in showing how difficult that communication is going to be. Um, you know, they are going to really have some decisions on how they want to uh, maximize the capital that they might be able to get from possibly trading some players. So this is a team that's, I don't think, going to break it all down and start from scratch. Um, this is a team that I think they're going to try things like you saw again in 2019 when they rebuilt their entire defense by trading for Jalen Ramsey at a full-on sprint, and it set them up for winning the Super Bowl a couple of years later. I think that's more aligned with what you're probably going to see from this group is not a total teardown, but a sort of as you're sprinting, um, how can you kind of overhaul certain areas of your roster and get back some capital? We're talking to Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. Jordan, you mentioned no player feels safe does that include the big three does or i guess i throw stafford in there and call it a big four stafford cup aaron donald jalen ramsey one of those guys or more than one might not be on the roster moving forward you know with this with this team i don't think you i don't think you can avoid asking the question right and if you're a player you're definitely asking that question because of this team's history they are very clear-eyed and and sort of, I don't say this in a mean way, but cold when it comes to making these decisions. They think about the big picture of, of what they need in the short term and the long term. And so, um, you know, I've been predicting for, for a while now that this offseason is going to be crazy for this team. And it's already starting um, with this Bobby Wagner news. And it, it frankly, it started a while ago when Sean decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to return to this team and, and let go of half of his coaching staff. I think that um, you can't ever be surprised with what this team does. And, and that's a part of why the players are feeling what they're feeling. Um, it's not that there's a lack of clarity. They just know that all is on the table. All is in play for this team. Um, Jordan, Greg Bergman and I noticed the same thing out of your piece more than anything else. And, and that is that Sean McVay gave up calling plays at one point last year. When I, when I think of Sean Jordan... I think of him as like a young Andy Reid. The reason you get Sean McVay is to have him call the plays. That worried me that he would be willing in any, even though they were losing and struggling and he was trying anything to turn it around. Um, last thing for you, did that surprise you? And can you see moving forward McVay giving that up again? Because I can't. No, he will not give that up again. Um, I do know that for a fact. And part of it is because he understood I think really more fully and for um, and, and more completely for the first time 
um, just how connected he is to his players when he's able to quite literally work with them and collaborate them with them to win a game and, and play a game and, and scheme a game. And I think that that is something that's really, really important. It's, it's a lifeline. It's part of a way to um, be present and to be fully in it with the people that you want them to feel like you're also fully in it with you because of the way that he operates and the way that he designs his, his team and his offense. It's quite literally, you can't separate yourself from it. And he re- he realized that that wasn't a solution. You know, that was something that was hard to maneuver through the entire reporting process because it wasn't something that they wanted out there and it wasn't something that they were public about at all. But when I talked to Sean McVay, you know, in the tunnel of the stadium after the game, after the Kansas City game, when he did give up play calling, um, he was he was not okay. He was not well. And so at that time, you could really feel he was processing and working through some things at that time, I was not surprised to hear that he had given it up. Um, further, I was super not surprised to hear that he had picked it back up and does not plan to relinquish it again. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but that was a really good part of this piece. And this this story is fantastic, Jordan. I, I you know, put this in your um, in your time capsule. I, I know you're young in your career and you're just starting out, but it's just really good and it answers a lot of questions and uh, you should be proud of it. It's extremely well done. Thank you so much. That that really is nice of you to say. It was really great catching up with you guys. Call me anytime. All right, Jordan. Have a great day. That's uh, Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. Coming up next, I, I've always often said that Michael Thompson should be the prime minister of common sense, that I can throw problems at Michael and he has a way of simplifying them. And this is what I will throw at Michael when we return. How would he, and Andy can help him, fix the NBA All-Star game? That's next on ESPN LA. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Mason in Ireland. I'm John Ireland. Andy Kamenetsky for Mace. Michael Thompson hanging out. Michael and I have the call of Lakers-Warriors tonight. Those are always fun games to do uh, because Michael has a divided loyalty. He wants Clay, his uh, middle son, to play exceptionally well, and you want the Lakers to win by two, right? Right. I want Clay to go for 60 tonight, and Lakers pull it out by two. Okay. So, Michael uh, Michael Malone, who was the is the Denver Nuggets head coach, who coached the NBA All-Star game in Salt Lake City last weekend says, quote, it was the worst basketball game I've ever seen. There was not even a pretense of defense. Nobody, like, guys would literally let you drive right to the basket and lay it in. It's embarrassing. If I hire you, I'll hire the two of you, the team of Thompson and Kamenetsky, to be in charge of All-Star Weekend, how do you fix it? Easy. For me, I cancel the game. 
I think it's a it's a it's a lost cause now. I think it's too far far gone to conclusion. You know, it makes the, money, right? The NBA TNT which, pays top dollar for that All Star, which game. I don't understand. Who would yeah. who would sit through that crap and watch that? The, the twenty thousand people that was in the arena. Why? Why were you there to watch that? To watch a layup line? Basically, you could just go to practice and watch it for free. It, it was embarrassing to the league. They were praising Jason Tatum for scoring fifty five points as if someone was trying to stop him from scoring. I mean, he should have had a hundred the way that the way they weren't playing defense. It was a joke. It was embarrassing, and, and the Pro Bowl has gone the, the way of uh, of history because players don't want to play in it and risk injury. Obviously, the NBA players don't want to play in this game. I know they're out there in uniform, but they're not playing. They're jogging up and down. They're tickling and giggling each other. They're giggling and tickling each other. Basically, it's a layup line. Guys hoisting up shots from half court, beyond half court, in the middle of a game. What's the purpose of this? It's an embarrassment to the league. And for Commissioner Silver to sit up there, I call him Commissioner Ostrich because he's got his head buried in the sand if he thinks this is a good product. Andy, do you agree with the nuclear option, cancel the game? I think out. I think all-star games in general are outdated concepts. Baseball's not bad, right? Because you got to at least throw the ball and hit it. Right, but... They're not just lobbing the ball to you and say, okay, hit it over the fence. Right, but, but all right, the which players... Which would be the equivalent of what the NBA is. Yeah, right, exactly. But, but right. the difference is all the players in, in baseball's all-star game... They can try a certain amount because a, it's not that strenuous. It's baseball, like it's really right. not it's compared to football or basketball. Yeah, or basketball hockey. ain't strenuous. What are you compared you guys to quit baseball? That crap? Compared Man, to these guys baseball. are in shape. They're young and they're in shape. Not all of them. How Some come, of the guys are older? How come Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Kobe, Michael Jordan, all those greats that are up there, Isaiah Thomas, Magic, actually competed and played? Here, okay, I'll explain why. Back then, these guys needed the All Star Game as part of their own promotion, as part of their own exposure. This was something they actually needed. Some of them have contractual bumps if they make it. All these guys do. Today they do. But getting named an all-star, once you get named it, there's your bump. The The game does not matter, I think in the NBA, but really in sports, the way it used to at a time where there are league packages for everything. You can see these players more often. Everybody's on social media. The highlights are everywhere. There's 24-7 coverage. There are national games like three or four days a week. Like the concept of all-star games and what made them A, special, but also necessary for the players, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, right. It's so obvious. I want to I make it, Greg, I want to make it harder. Okay. All right? We can't cancel it. Sure. All right? We're going to keep the weekend, just cancel the game. Like, well, find something but, else to do yeah. in the weekend that they'd be competitive. Yeah, we're, put in charge, we're, we're put in charge that. of the weekend. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of we that. We can't <laughs> cancel it. How do we fix it? God, I mean, you have to. It's the only other way that there is is a huge, huge monetary incentive, and I don't even think that's much of no, an incentive. These guys it's don't. Not. Yeah, Michael, if if I put twelve million in a pot, winner take all. Winner take all. Would and, it make a difference? And not only to them, but half goes to the charity of maybe the. They're already school. raising money for charity, though. Uh, uh, Their team wins money for charity. Well, never, and, and these guys all make charity. so much yeah. money. But also, yeah. too, like the optics of hey, guys. All making nine figures. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys have signed like hundreds of million dollar contracts. We need to pay you more to make you do that. The, the optics yeah. on that are going to be awful. They're going to come out looking worse. Yeah, I think it's too late. They need to right. cancel the, the game. first thing I would do is I would fix the dunk contest. I've told you guys this before, but yeah. I, I've yet to have anybody explain to me why this isn't a great idea. Mm-hmm. There are great dunkers all across the country. Yep. And I would have a national slam dunk contest. You start in the 30 NBA cities, and you have qualifiers. Yeah. And then 
the top five guys have a dunk off at halftime of an NBA game in that respective city. And you basically do a tournament. And whoever comes out of the tournament as the best dunker, and basically this was Mac McClung. Yep. He was a guy who wasn't even in the say, league. I was say, there's similarities. And they went out and got him. And put, because none of these guys want to do it. None yeah, of those guys. Yeah. They're, they're too cool. Yeah. And Zion so doesn't want to do it. Let's draw. put five dudes in the middle of, you know, in, in the middle of a dunk contest that win their qualifiers. Yep. And wouldn't that be better oh, than yeah. what we're doing? I mean, part of what made this compelling for Mac McClung, like I know there's the, you know, the jokes that write themselves, the little white guy doing this, like you don't expect the white guy to be able to jump, like. But he treated this like a once-in-a-lifetime yep. opportunity because it was. Yeah. For him, it actually was significant. None of the other players really are going to gain much from this. They just aren't. Right. And, and do you think, Michael, the reason they won't open it up to outsiders is they want to promote NBA guys and yeah, but that's the, it? Yeah, but the stars don't want to do it, so you may as well open it up to the YouTube dunkers because, like you say, these guys on YouTube, man, they put some of these NBA guys to shame. Yeah, and they're great. What about three-point? Can we save that? Yeah, that's three-point's all right. That's fine. You and know, good fine. players playing, like Steph and Clay yeah. have all done but that. But it's not – part of the thing is, though, that is, relatively speaking, less strenuous – you're just shooting. You're in your wheelhouse shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's. I agree with Michael. It's fine. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It's like, the skills competition is ridiculous. Five-year-olds can do that. Right. What they have these players doing. The that skills? I could yeah. do that at my age. Honestly, I think, <laughs> geez, I think guys would get more competitive if you took all the stars, got rid of the, the current all-star game format, made it a game of horse. Like, they'd be more competitive mm. with something like that. Well, they tried it during the pandemic, remember, but it was all on different cameras. Right. And like, you, Mike Conley won. Right, but it that, was really bad. But but that <laughs> yeah. was, though. Yeah, it but was that was strapped more, by the pandemic, but you're right. Right, but, but that was the setup, though. That that was the constrictions. I think of, you know, in the yeah. 70s, they played. They got good. the best players in the league to, over the summer to play horse. Yeah. And, and I, I sent Stu Lance this the other day. Cause Stu used to be Pete Maravich's roommate when he played in New Orleans. It was Pete Maravich against Bob McAdoo, and it was great. Yeah. I couldn't take my but, eyes but, off but it. But the guys would be competitive. Like, what you want to do is find something that they'd be genuinely competitive. Like, Michael joked, like, have them play Monopoly. Yeah. If you had these guys sit down to play, like, cards, cards, poker, I would watch the <laughs> hell out of that <laughs> yeah. because they will care. All right. right. Michael, that, on fixing the All-Star game was my easy project for you. All Here's right. the hard one. Fix load management. Oh, my goodness. What do you do? That is a great question. Uh, load management for guys like LeBron, Chris Paul. I have no problems with guys who've been in the league 15, 18, 16, 17 if years. If you've been in the league 15 years or more. Oh, if you're in your mid to late 30s, you can rest as much as you want to. Even if you're a star, I understand it. But if you're in your 20s and you're healthy, you should not be allowed to sit out. That has to fall on the players more than anybody else because Steph Curry said, well, management tells us to sit out. You think management could have told a 25-year-old Kobe Bryant you're not playing tonight? No. Or a 25-year-old Magic or Jordan? No, it's on you as a player. I'm 25, I'm 26, 27, and I'm not hurt. Why am I going to sit out? Is this really, though, happening a lot with the people in their 20s? Yes. Like that aren't hurt. uh, A couple of weeks ago, Luka Doncic, 23, didn't play in a game. Was was he hurt, though? No, he was resting. He was actually resting. 23-year-old Luka Doncic, who's the face of the franchise, who's the reason why people go to Mavericks games. And he needs to get into shape more than anybody. Exactly. He can't afford to rest. He should be playing. Here's uh, here's Michael in Orange County wants to talk about about load management. Hey, Michael, you're on ESPN LA. Hey, guys. Uh, good transition. I know you were talking about all-star game stuff, and I go, well, there's really nothing you can change until the load management gets changed, right? I mean, that's where this comes from because guys are going, well, 
I've got three days off. I wish I was in Florida or wherever, you know, Luka Doncic said. And he goes, hey, I'd rather them be super competitive and play, but they're not going to, right, because their managers and, and all their their um, their groups are telling them, don't play, don't play hard, you don't want to injure yourself. We saw Giannis do the tip, right, and then leave. I mean, we knew he's had a, a hurt wrist. A wrist, but kind of yeah. where I was going with this is, um, is you know, I've played basketball my whole life, right? A, a good coach of mine said, hey, are you hurt or are you injured? If you're hurt, you know, you can still play. If you're injured, then, you know, you can't play. And I think that's got to be the mentality moving forward. Um, yeah. And then a, a side note, too, with that All-Star weekend is do things that we had fun with as a kid, right? Uh, playing lightning or, or thunder or bump, whatever you want to call it. That would be a great addition. Doing a three-on-three the dunk contest, there's not much you can do. I think you kind of just keep it, and people know it's going to either be really competitive or a wash. Uh, and then the All-Star game, I think it'd be kind of fun uh, to make it a game to 21. Uh, you know, increase the donations for the players' charities or something like that. I know they're doing things like that, but give them more incentive and, and make it a quick game and, and make it super competitive. There's not much else you can do until, again, going back to the load management. These guys would rather be on a beach somewhere, take the week off, and then get back for the final 25 games of the season before they do anything else. So that's my long-winded answer. All right, thanks, man. Uh, so, I'm sure we right, could sit in a, in a war zone. We'd be screwed, and, and we could never figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Right, so what happened to the mindset of the players? Like I said, 25, 30 years ago, with the Stars played in the All-Star game, no, they, they weren't committing flagrant fouls, but they actually competed. What happened to that mentality of that player, Ireland, over the last 10 years? I don't know. Maybe AAU because they all know each other and they don't want to go. What do no, you think, look, Andy? Man, first of all, the mythology of this needs to stop. We watched the last dance. We watched Michael Jordan play golf with his playoff opponents during series. We saw Magic and Isaiah give each other a little kiss before playoff games. Like, so you think it's always been the it's, case? It's always been this way. Again, players back then needed the All-Star game more than they needed it now. And also, as far as load management goes, a lot of that comes from the teams because these contracts are so big, they want to try to get the most out of their investment, which includes playoffs. They would rather their star players making these $100 million contracts miss a regular season game that's basically baked into their equation than miss maybe bonus games right. that you add on in the playoffs. I got one idea. Tell me if it will. Greg, I'm going to start with you. Tell me if this would help. Okay. Okay. Eliminate the preseason. Just get rid of it. Fine. Start the regular season October 1. So I just bought you about 17, 18 days. Sure. Get rid of all the back-to-backs. Agreed. So there's no back-to-backs anymore. If we did that, Michael, Greg, Andy, if we did that, got rid of all the back-to-backs, would that eliminate load management or not really? Would guys still sit out? Yeah, I'm afraid guys will still sit out. We've let the the mouthwash out of the tube or whatever you do. <laughs> And no, put it back. That that is mouthwash is in a tube? When the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor, let him go. He's rolling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Anthony Edwards, who's all of twenty one. Yeah. I mean, you heard what his comment says. How could a how could a child of twenty one, you know, I know he's a man, but out of the mouths of babes, he says, Listen, I understand that people are coming to see me. Now he's Anthony Edwards. He ain't you know, some backup guy. He's the star of the team. And these guys, people, these families might only have this one chance to see me play, so I want to play if I'm healthy. How come every player can't think that way? Um, Ask him when he's Greg, what do you think? If we if, if we implemented my plan, would it would it 
in load management or not really? No, I don't think so because a lot of things that Michael is talking about with his mouthwash in a tube. But, it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also because like guys like Kawhi Leonard are not are still going to do it. They're still going to do it. Well, it's a part of who they are. LeBron is still going to load manage when he needs to throughout the season. They're not going to play a full 82 games. That I think that's done and over with until the CBA says you have to. Andy, you agree? Yeah. I mean, again, because so I don't my, think— my, my plan doesn't do anything. I don't think—again, I think you're putting it too much on the players. Yeah. The owners, I think, are super protective of their stars because it's an investment. The money is massive. All right. There is something happening with arguably the biggest star in all of Southern California that, to me, seems a very logical next step. But for whatever reason, the team won't do it. I'll explain coming up next. Andy and Mace. Michael's hanging out. A Michael's game today. Pepe Montilla is going to be in. Big game tonight at Crypto. Lakers, Warriors. Lots happening on ESPN LA. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Mason in Ireland. Andy Kamenetsky sitting in for Mace. Uh, Michael Thompson's hanging out with us. And uh, Michael, this is a baseball story. Uh, people may know that Michael's youngest son, Trace, is the Dodgers center fielder. Yeah. Um, and uh, spring trading starts today, right? Um, Didn't they have their first game today? I thought he, Saturday I saw, is their first game. I, thought, well, first I think game. they had a, a two-inning inter-squad game Ooh. in which Trace played center. Did he hit a home run? I don't know. They only played <laughs> two innings. I don't even know if he got up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to, to ask you about this, Michael, because you, you, you've had this position in the past, and I don't know why it wouldn't apply here. Shohei Otani's agent, has uh, his name is Nez Balelo. I think I'm pronouncing that right. B-A-L-E-L-O. Is it Baleo? Baleo? Maybe. I don't know. I'm sorry. Naz or Nez. Um, but <laughs> he commented that um, he's open to negotiating an extension for Otani right now. Like if the Angels came to him and offered him a bunch of money, he would do it. Um, but then he added... There's several layers to this one. As Shohei's earned the right to play through the year, explore free agency, and we'll see where it shakes out. Michael, if you're the Angels, mm -hmm. don't you have to make whatever your best offer is to Shohei Otani now? And if he says, I'm going to play this out and go to free agency, don't you have to trade him? 
You can't let that guy yeah. get away for nothing, well, can def- you? Yeah, definitely looking to trade him, see if I can get myself a boatload of prospects and a couple of big-time starters, uh, everyday players. So, yeah, definitely see what you can get for him. You should be able to get a lot. I Andy, mean, I don't want to trade him. He's a once-in-a-generation player. But if, if, I make him an o- if I make him an offer, a $500 million offer. For, what, for five years, 50 a year? Yeah, whatever the— No, 10 years, 50 a year. Yeah, whatever the—you're the, you know, going to have to make the highest-paid yeah, player in baseball. Absolutely. And he says, you know what? I'm so close to free agency. I'm going to play out the season and go to it. What sense does – make the argument for me that, that then I keep him. There is no argument. Mm-hmm. But, so what are they doing? I think what you need to do is put out a no-negotiation offer. This is a – you're not going to get anything better than this monetarily. Like, this is as high as anybody's reasonably going to go. Here it is right now. Yeah. If he doesn't want to take it, then you know, because he's been putting out signs anyway through his agent, that he is out the door. Yeah, it's like Andy asking his beautiful wife, uh, will you marry me? And she says to Andy, well, maybe, but let me look around first. Yeah, Greg, there, <laughs> What's what, your am I missing? <laughs> what am I missing here, and why are the angels dragging their feet? Put the money on the table. If he says yes, you've got him. If he says no, what am I missing? you got to trade him, right? You're, you're missing that it's Artie Moreno, and they're a losing franchise over the last 10 years. They are, they've only had, I think, like eight winning seasons in their entire history. Well, there's a difference so, between losing, though, and being stupid. Right? I, I, I mean, Artie, I, Artie, didn't, arguing, Artie didn't get successful in business by being stupid. They have to, they have to trade him. No, yeah, I, I've been arguing since last year they should have traded him. They should absolutely trade him before the season starts because if you take it all the way to the trade deadline, he can walk away at the end. Whoever Correct. you trade him to, he can walk away. So you're not going to get as much for nothing. For nothing, you're going to get. You're still going to get a haul, but it's not going to be as big as it is right now, where you get a full season to try and convince somebody. Like if you, let's say you're the Mets and you trade for him right now, you can convince him to stay in New York for this entire year. If it's the Dodgers, same type of thing. But you have to move him now, opposed to at the trade. The deadline. only possible, and I want to make it clear, this is not my argument. Okay. I'm just saying this is the no, only but possible. I, I, because what the Angels are doing is bordering on malpractice. The only argument I can think of, I know, really, for keeping Otani despite these signs, is if you really believe. This year's team is good enough to win a World Series this year. So you say, you know what? We are going to win a World Series this year, and whatever comes from it, championships are forever. If we lose Otani, but we get a championship in the process, kind of like what the Raptors did with Kawhi Leonard, the year they traded for him, knowing the likelihood of him staying was low. They thought they could win a championship. They were right. Kawhi ended up walking. Like, that's the only argument I can think of. And again, this is not my argument. I'm just saying this is the only rationale. They think they can win it all this year. But they haven't made the playoffs in eight years. I didn't say it's a good argument. I'm saying it (laughs) is the argument. That's the argument. I just think that, like, you can't afford to to play Russian roulette with a guy this talented. Mm -hmm. Think of what you might get back in a trade for for this, who pitches and hits. Right. Um, It just seems to me that the Angels are being – very stubborn and naive here. If they're negotiating with Otani, his agent's saying, well, we think we're going to go to free agency. If I'm the Angels, I'm like, okay, I have to trade you. And then if they trade him, they're going to trade Trout because he wouldn't want to stay there either, right? So you can get a boatload of stuff for Trout. Trout. Trout just signed a massive deal. He's not going anywhere. But also, that's the type of guy Mike Trout is. He's well, you, happy. you don't think the Phillies would want to bring him home? Of course they would want to, but he just signed a huge deal. They already have so much in their payroll. Oh, please. He's, they, they he, is an angel. he is an angel for life. He likes living in that anonymity. He likes... Anonymity? Anonymity. Whatever the is word is. Is that the is. same as anonymity? That one. Yeah. I said the wrong one. It's like it's kind of like uh, you know, mouthwash in a tube. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just seems. It seems to me that I know it would be hard to trade him because your fans would all be mad at you. But you can't let him walk. What letting him walk for nothing is the is the. I think we can all agree is the dumbest possible thing you can do. Well, the, the fans Yan- are already mad at the Angels because they thought Artie Moreno was going to be selling the team. Right. And then he went back on that. Like, that was the one thing that's had them excited probably since Otani arrived was the idea that Moreno would be gone. Well, that whole thing with him leaving was like, oh, the new owner will keep Otani. Right. And now that he's staying, you're like, oh, well, now we're going to lose would him Would you trade sure. him to the Yankees for Judge? Judge just signed a huge deal, too. So, would the, judge, would the Yankees trade Judge for him? I would... I would rather do that than let him walk for nothing. Right. Wouldn't that be a good deal I for think both teams? Letting him walk for nothing is absolute malpractice. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if they do that, if they keep Shohei this year and he has another great year, and at the end of the year he leaves as a free agent and they get nothing for yeah. him, everybody over there should be fired. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it just it it, yeah. it that to me is you don't I mean, get it. The problem with that though is it, the person that may need to be fired is the one that won't sell the team. Like, because right. if they can't convince Artie Moreno to like sign off on trading Otani, then they shouldn't be fired. They tried to do the right thing. If he won't allow them to do it, that's him getting in the way, and, not and them. And by the way, what this course of action I'm suggesting happens in baseball all the time. Happened with Manny Machado. Happened with um, uh, Soto in San yep. Diego. The uh, Washington made him a yeah, huge Juan offer. Soto, yeah. He said no, and then they said, "Okay, we have to trade you." Yeah. Um, happened with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. This happens in baseball all the time. The dumb franchises don't do anything, and they let the guy walk, and you get nothing for him. But I can't believe the Angels would make that mistake. And if they do, it's malpractice. Yeah. They they have to put the money on the table now and say, "Here's your offer. It makes you the highest paid player in the history of baseball. Do you want it?" That's and what happened in uh, Cleveland with LeBron. Everybody knew LeBron was well, – I was his last year in Cleveland, and Dan Gilbert stubbornly held on to it. There's him. nothing to negotiate. Yeah. Like, the, the idea that you'd put out, you know, first offer, whatever – like, no. Put out the best offer now. Because if he doesn't take it then, you're going to know, all right, he really is leaning towards leaving, if not already decided he's going to leave. Yeah, it makes no sense. All right, coming up next, what up, fool? Bergman will get in here. Jorge will get in here. They'll throw a bunch of stuff at us, and it's next. ESPN LA. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, thank you very much, Chris. Now, John, I need you to be ready for this one. All right. I was I did this yesterday on the show with Mason. I'm not going to tell you what his answer was. Okay. But Andy knows this already. I'm thinking of a new segment. And I just want you to hear me out on how okay. it's been played. As you know, I'm no longer dating for a purpose. Whether you find that silly or not, it's the truth. Okay. Uh, but what if I find dates throughout the week and use them strictly for content? I go on the date and then report back to it in segment the next day. Won't use any names. It's just going. And would you be okay with this? Would you like this idea? Would I be okay with it? <laughs> it is radio gold. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Let's start tonight. 
So okay, so now you kind of want to flesh of this. Ireland's reaction because it was I was spot on. I think I think you are pretty much. Did, wait, is Mason against this no, idea? No, he was fully on board, and not only was Mason on board, Amanda was fully I, on board. This idea is is bordering on brilliant. And uh, I think you should allow me to choose some of the dates. Okay, so this is what I was thinking. I, I was talking to a friend about this. What if I put, it has to be Tinder because I don't want to mess with my, yeah. my other Me profile. and Michael will find you the dates. Well, that's the thing. I will put it on there. I will not look at who they are. I will give okay. you my phone. Okay. You pick who they are. Love you swipe it. right. As, yeah, you, whoever you swipe right on, you have the, you can talk to them. Uh, you know, the funny, this, something like this happened at years ago, so this is, how long has Trudell been married? Ten years. At Trudell's wedding, he had all of his. Boy, college. We better get this timeline right. Yeah, we he had all of his college buddies. <laughs> you know, we're in a bar in Minnesota, and Tinder had just come out, and Lisa grabs the phone of one of Trudell's buddies, and she goes, "So how does this work?" She goes, "If you like him, you swipe right, and if you don't like him, you swipe left." And so he was picking all the girls that looked like they were, you know, strippers. And Lisa goes, that girl looks like, you know, you can't go out with her. Lisa took it over. And the guy ended up having some pretty good dates. So I, uh, I yes, Greg, I'm, I'm all in favor of this segment. Uh, start it. We can start it next week if you want. And uh, Sure. So this is what I'll do. I'll put Tinder on my phone. I will give you my phone. You swipe right and okay. explain to them however you want to explain to them what, what's going on. It'll be a full blind date. And I would have to come back the next day. And explain. Excellent idea. Jorge, what could go wrong? Nothing, man. (laughs) Have fun, man. (laughs) I've gotten a few people on Twitter being like, that's gross. That's disgusting. No, it is not. It It is not gross and disgusting. Uh, Mike Lee could meet the girl of his dreams this way. He could be the next Gracie Hunt. Look, it's very possible. Maybe Gracie Hunt will show. Wait, Mm -hmm. can we get you on Raya? Did we give up on that? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. I'd have to be invited. You have to go through a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, but that's where Gracie Hunt probably is. Right, but Gracie Hunt is not swiping right. And we're not having, like, at least. Well, Give me a chance. Hey, Give okay. me a chance. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll do it on Tinder next, though. Let's try, let's try that one. What's up, fool? Okay. So I have to get back to my page now. Um, all right. So Andy and I, Andy, I know you know him, but I'm not sure about you, John. I think you might. Anthony Irwin is a big Lakers blogger, or at least used to, and used to work for Silver Screen and Roll. Yeah. But he put out yesterday that the next that the next day air fried pizza has changed his life. I have never used an air fryer once in my life or owned one. Is he right? Is an air fryer worth it? Now, what, how could you make pizza in an air fryer? Um, I don't know if you could. He said next day pizza. So my my assumption is he's reheating yes. the pizza in the air fryer. Okay. I have done that before. I have an air fryer. Air fryers are game changers. Wait a minute. What? Why? Instead of a microwave, like if I put my pizza in a microwave and reheat it, you put your pizza in an air fryer. What's the difference? Yeah, pizza in a microwave is not going to be crispy afterwards. Okay. Like you're going to lose the consistency of the crust. It's going to heat in a way that's gloopy. Like it's way better in an air fryer. Air fryers are fantastic. They are the hype. How they long you got to heat it for? Uh, depends on what you're heating and up. It, but for a slice, does the air pizza. does the air fryer actually heat the pizza as yes. well? Oh okay. yeah, no, no, no. They're great. As far as a piece of pizza, mm. I'm guessing few minutes. A few minutes. But it but it is so much better. Like a microwave would be quicker, mm-hmm. but it will be better in the air fryer, and it still won't take very long. Like it won't take as long. You know, an oven. If you're going to reheat it, the oven has to yeah. heat up. That takes a while. Air, high, uh, air fryer heats up basically immediately, does not heat up the whole house or like the whole kitchen. They're awesome. Okay. 
unsolicited plug, although if you want to sponsor a podcast, I recommend Air Fryer, Big Air Fryer listening, the Locked on Lakers podcast. Is it, Why? Is that, do you have Air Fryer ads in that podcast? Not yet. Okay. Not there you go. yet. Could you know. have a YouTube component to There is a. We could show the Air Fryer that sponsors us on the YouTube channel, hey, which, uh, by the way- Hey, Pepe, what do you think of that idea? Oh, good. my God. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had an potatoes? Air Fryer, Michael? How do they work in the Air Fryers? What? Potatoes. Oh, great. I made potatoes actually yesterday in the what Air Fryer. Kind of? Roasted. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, puts you know, you toss them in some olive oil, salt, oh, pepper, some oregano, some garlic. Are you married? Yes. Ah, oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, keep an open mind, Michael. <laughs> Michael, so are you. I hate to yeah, tell you. I mean, your 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 lifestyle might be an upgrade yeah, for me, so I'm I'm keeping I, my options. I don't open. get no air fried potatoes though. Uh, what's that, play your fool? cards right, you just might. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's up, fool? Okay, so I was talking to Bergman right now, like before during the break, and my question was, where would Otani go? So if you had to relocate in your career right now, yeah, what city would you want to go to and why? Otani should go to the Dodgers because think about it. We had Fernando Mania, we had Nomo Mania, we had Manny Wood. Um, Dodger fans gravitate to stars better than anyone and he doesn't even have to move he just has to commute that's great the only problem though with Otani going to the Dodgers theoretically is if he really wants to have like a huge splash career he will never be the greatest Dodger in franchise history he won't even probably land in like the top 10 top 15 because they've had so many great players a lot of them are lifers like it's harder for him to make I don't know nobody's ever done what he does Right, but they've had so many great Dodgers who've had numbers retired, who've, you know, like Fernando Valenzuela was a cultural icon. Right. You know, the greatest pitcher is either going to be Kershaw or Koufax. But this guy, Michael, is Kershaw plus... Kirk Gibson. Right. So he's going to make around $50 million a year, right? Right. Okay, so if you're Otani, there's only one place you got to go where you can also win... And you got to remember about if you're making fifty, you got to think about six point five. You know what six point five is? State Tax. taxes. State taxes in California on fifty million. So, which is which is zero in Texas. Houston Astros, baby, you can win and save six and a half million dollars oh, a year. At least let him go to the Rangers. I can't see the Astros getting Otani, man. You don't think Come so? On. Oh, I, I mean, I hate him already. I would. Uh, that, I know. That, but if I was him, that's where I would go. You can win. It's good weather, and you save six and a half million dollars a year. Go in now, your pocket. Where I think he might go, Yankees. Well, that's. 13% state tax over there, yeah, too. Yeah, um, just because the Yankees would try and you know make him the next Babe Ruth. Yeah, and they got a short right field fence. It's a good question, though. Where would he go? It'd have to be somebody with deep pockets. Like, he's not going to Kansas City. He's no. not going to Cincinnati. Seattle's a great spot for him. Seattle. Yeah, very, Seattle. very it's, you know, Pacific Rim, yep. very friendly Asian community. Think about mm-hmm. Ichiro. Yep. You know, what about the Giants spot. with the Asian community up there? Yeah. And they got the money. That's actually a good spot for him, too. I would hate if he was a giant, but that's a very good spot for him. And the Angels should only be asking one question. Who who gives us the best return? You know, and and by the way, I would try and sign him first. Offer him, give him the proverbial offer he can't refuse. And if he refuses it, trade him. Well, that is one thing, though, that works in the Dodgers' favor for a trade because their farm system seems to never run out. Like every year, they somehow have like the highest rank. They're like, Third best farm system. They're the first ranked farm system this year. It's amazing. I don't know how they do this. Good scouting. Andrew Andrew Friedman. Yeah. What's up, fool?
So speaking of the Angels, did you know that Albert Pujols, when he signed with the Angels, he signed a 10-year post-retirement contract with the team? I remember this. Yeah. when he, yeah, It was part of the big deal to get him to come over here. For how much? The, the whole, uh, I don't know the amount of money on it. But, here, but the whole point of it was you finish your career with the Angels, you stick around with them afterwards, and this is just part of your life. But he, he's, he is in camp now and fulfilling that contract despite the fact that he went to the Dodgers, he went back to the Cardinals, all the things that happened there, and he didn't really finish well in Anaheim where they didn't really like him. Is this Should the Angels let him out of this deal, or should he fulfill it like he is? I'd have to look at the economics of it, like how much money he'd be walking away from, but I, I can't imagine he needs the money, right? Well, like, he got, well, he got divorced. He might. Did he get divorced? Yeah, that's why, I mean, that's why I split up a long time ago. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe then. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did um, you know that? No, Jeez, guys. But, pay attention. But. <laughs> Where's Pepe? Say that. Tell him, Pepe. Oh, my God, Michael. <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, people love him. I, I, just cause the angels kind of did him dirty at the end doesn't mean that he wouldn't be well received at camp. Right. I mean, they get, they overpaid the hell out of him when right. they gave him that contract in the first well, place. Well, the angels are experts at that. I mean, you know, I grew up a Cardinal fan. Look at Vernon I, Wells, yeah. Gary Matthews, I mean, Josh Hamilton. The, the Cardinals tried to overpay him. Right. And the Angels outdid them. And I know everyone in St. Louis was sad to see him to go, but they also knew they dodged a bullet. Right. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see how that ends. And I'd, I'd have to – you don't know what he's getting paid, do you? No, I don't know the amount Probably on Probably a million yeah. or something like that. But yeah. he, should be with the, he should be an ambassador for the Cardinals. That's, his, that's who he's going to go into the Hall of Fame as. Right. Or with. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Michael, you think the Angels should let him out and yeah. let him go back to Let him go. I'll ask him, say, if you want to be here or would you rather go work for someone else? He says, I'd rather be in St. Louis. Then let him go to St. Louis. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's the animal. I mean, are they forcing him to do this, or is probably not? Is he trying to get the money? I think he's in camp. All I know is that he is in camp and he's doing that and he's doing exactly. Because they may be thinking he's fulfilling his contract. They may be like, please go. (laughs) They could buy him out, pay him off, and he can leave. Right. That's what they wanted to do. If they didn't want him around, but guy like Pujols is a nice guy. It seems like I'd want him around if I was a young player, picking his brain. What's up, fool? All right, so catfishing shows. I was talking about this with a friend the other night, and then Amanda actually yesterday as well. Cash, catfishing has been a big thing for a very long time now, probably about 20 or so years, and maybe more. I don't know. But I don't understand how people are still not vetting people. How is catfishing shows still a thing today? I mean, Greg, you have publicly announced on two different shows that you are going to start dating women for But I'm content. not catfishing. Right, but a set. I'm still me. I'm still going as me. There's yeah, still he's, not, he's not perpetuating. I know a fraud. that, but there's going to be women who go on these dates under the guise that it's not content. Well, no, that's a, if if John is talking to the people, they're are you going to tell them all wants. straight up this is content? He's not looking to date you at all. This is well, content. Any, well, no, that's happens. not true. If the date goes well, he'll yeah. go out with her again. Right. It's but just are more you going to tell like, them hey, that from this the is, outset? Yeah, just say, hey, we're, we this is part of a radio show we do. Okay. Greg's a good guy. He's looking to date. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about your date on the radio. Okay. If you're not up for it, don't go. Because it sounded in the beginning, at least the way we were talking about it yesterday, that these women would be unsuspecting. No, which is Emily part of the reason- does this all the time. Emily goes on dates and then talks about her dates well, on the air. I'm saying I think that's part of the reason that there were people who reacted bad to this. It's because they thought these women were basically just going to be used as content without knowing. No, if it goes well, Greg leaves open the possibility of additional dates. Sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. It does... It- you know, whatever happens, happens. No, there's no, there's no uh, a hidden agenda here. Okay. We're just sending Bergman out into the dating pool and seeing how he does. I think with the cat, with Greg's original question, though, 
like there's still going to be a part of everybody wondering like, okay, what are the odds that this is going to happen? Like every time you meet someone, I mean, maybe people do. I've been off off the market for a while. But like, do people Google whoever they meet? Sure. Do they know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. Michael Googles them just so he can get mad and sees all their Instagram pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to see what the Instagram or the social media is about. Yeah. I mean, I guess most it tells people, you a lot. Most people are probably just thinking, like, <laughs> what are the odds? Like, what are the odds that this is fake? What's up, fool? All right. That'll do it. All right. Coming up next, uh, the question I've been asked more than any other over the past two days. I will throw it at Michael and Andy next. Mason in Ireland, ESPN LA.